What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and this is another edition of the longer vlogs that I've been doing. And I'm also excited because I ended up buying a ring light and I have that stupid thing that you see on Instagram and every other person on like TikTok where you can see the actual like fucking ring in my eye. Um, but I've been trying to upgrade my shit to make better quality videos for you guys. And the one thing that I kind of hated filming in this area where I have my gym space is the lighting is not the greatest. It's only good when it's like sunny outside and I have the natural sunlight coming in. But unfortunately we live in Vancouver where it rains all the fucking time. So got a ring light so I can, you know, start doing my makeup tutorials and all that shit. Just kidding. Um, so today what we're going to go over is neck pain because I had someone on my Instagram reach out and was asking about um, what to do with neck pain. So it's kind of a really, really big um, topic because it's so specific from person to person. There's a lot of stuff that goes on and I'm gonna try to make this episode more so for exercise applications and maybe a little bit of treatment and what you should kind of look for. So I think we've all experienced, <clears throat> excuse me, um, those times where, you know, you wake up and you turn a little bit too quickly and then your whole like fucking neck just like tells you to just F off and it's stiff for the rest of the day. And it's one of those like, I'm gonna turn this way and I can go all the way. But then when I turn this way, it's like, mm, I'm stuck type of thing. So, there's a lot of stuff that can be going on, but let's say it's more of a musculoskeletal issue, and a lot of times it's stress-related and posture-related. So, if you are like me and everybody else in the world right now, at least in North America, we are all, um, what's it called, working in front of a laptop a lot more than pre-COVID because a lot of times people have now been working from home. Companies have figured out that, hey, maybe we don't even have to like pay rent or our lease because everyone's able to do their shit from home and they're actually productive and we don't have to worry about, you know, shit. So um, now we have a lot of people at home working from their laptops. Um, like for me, sometimes I will go from my desk to on my bed, to the couch, to wherever, but I'm always constantly sitting. And, you know, thankfully I haven't had any neck pain in a long time, but usually when people are in prolonged positions, things get tight and I'm using air quotes um, that will kind of seize up movement. And we all know that our joints are designed to move. So what happens when we don't move our joints anymore? bad things tend to happen. Things get stiff, things get, you know, grindy, they get kind of stuck, kind of like old gum and they can't really move. So the neck kind of um, falls into that line. And when you think about it, like our neck does a lot of movement. Like it can go into flexion, it can go to extension, it can go to left rotation, right rotation, lateral flexion, both sides, right? So when we limit that, we find out how you know, important 
our neck is when it comes to daily movements and when you look at um, developmental stages of children while they're I don't say at that stage where they're lying on their back the first thing they learn is how to move their neck around and it follows with like as their eyes move to a certain direction their head will learn how to follow that movement and it's usually because they're looking for mom right so that's how we develop neck stability neck strength is all from that developmental stage so imagine like as a baby and a toddler growing up your neck is going through all these different stages of movement to produce a strong solid neck and then out of nowhere we go sit in front of our laptops or phones or whatever it is and just stay there and stiff so we're literally taking a joint that's designed to move and be very intricate and that allows us to kind of initiate any kind of you know movement or uh, thought process or reaching for something and just eliminate that ability right away so bad things tend to happen so there's a couple things that we can do from an exercise perspective number one is just move it and the number one thing that i always do is something called neck cars so we've gone over the whole you know what are controlled articular rotations but more specifically the neck so if the number one best way to combat neck pain is to um, move it and the biggest thing that i always tell people when they do cars is um, never go through pain so our nervous system has a really good ability to um, remember pain and will prevent the motion further so you don't hurt yourself so if you know, my neck hurts going this way, you get those pain signals right away to stop you from going any further because it'll make it worse. So your nervous system will remember that. So the next time you go, it'll take that ability away from you. And many of you will have this experience before is when you do wake up that morning and you're like, oh yeah, my neck is super stiff. And then, you know, you're driving and you try to like shoulder check to the direction where your neck doesn't move you get that sharp pain and you realize like as the day progresses, it gets worse and worse and you're like now i can't move my neck at all right so a lot of times um from a exercise standpoint you can easily start doing neck cars or just moving your neck through ranges of motion right so um to quickly demonstrate a neck car is simply going straight down to the left or right around up towards ceiling over to the other side around and back and then you would come back the same way you came all the way around and back so every time i show cars people just assume that that's how their neck or joint or whatever joint i'm showing them is supposed to move but you'll notice that the biggest thing that i also do um, from like an assessment standpoint is when i'm working with a patient or a client uh, dealing with neck or we'll get into that stuff later um, any kind of neck issues or anything within this area a lot of times I'm looking at compensation patterns so almost everyone so if you look at my shoulders they should stay square I'm just moving this section so if I went down most of the time when people start looking to the left or right the shoulder kind of comes up Right? So that's a compensation pattern. So now I'm thinking, okay, so now this might be like trap related, might be like upper T-spine that's causing that um, 
uh, limitation. And it's like, as people go up towards the ceiling and over to the other side, boom, this happens again. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's not actually the neck that's the issue. It might be like the stuff right below the neck. So if you think of like your cervical spine, and that junction like right in here that goes into your t-spine might not be moving um effectively and that could be one of the reasons why um you're presented with neck pain so the next kind of thing is to look at um, um t-spine extension and the movement and sometimes like i'll get people doing the slow cat cow so if you haven't seen this essentially what it is is like if you think about the cat cow exercise where you go um with your spine through flexion and extension i do a small um assessment it's actually in my ebook the ironclad body training system um which by the way i'm editing it right now and it's coming together, so I'm hopeful that this summer I'll be able, able to release it. But anyway, I'm looking at if every single segment of the spine can move interdependently. And a lot of times, people are really good at moving their lumbar spine, but the rest of the spine is just garbage. But usually up through here is really, really, really limited. It kind of just like comes into one block. Like people don't really know how to move through like T1, T2, T3. Um, which is usually that area, that's um, cervical um, T-spine junction where a lot of stuff gets really, really, really tight and jammed up and then people can move through it. So this comes to like treatment modalities, but I'm gonna go from like stuff you can do to what um, I'm not a medical professional, but like a practitioner can do. So if I know that, okay, I'm doing neck cars to help movement, um, maybe I'm going to go through exercise a little bit more, but neck cars would be one. Number two is like, um, chin tucks. So a lot of times the best way, cause a lot of times everyone's here like all day. So being able to learn how to get back here is going to be huge for a lot of people. Cause if you think about me going into a kind of a chin tuck, one, I'm centrating my CT, um, junction into a more stacked position so if you think of someone doing a really really he heavy deadlift they're not here with their neck they're trying to find neutral with their entire spine to be one strong solid piece so a lot of times if i'm coaching the chin tuck the easiest thing to do is to think about if you were driving your car and you're trying to get the back of your head into the headrest right so this position like think about it we all know that if you're doing so much like pressing work you're, you're gonna end up with shoulders and rounding forward, right? So if I'm always pushing my head forward because I'm on my laptop, my phone, whatever it is, then naturally this stuff in here will probably get tight and kind of keep everything hunched forward. So if I can find exercises where I'm constantly like readjusting into those tucks, then 100% is gonna start moving and feeling better. Um, sorry about that, My someone was calling me and now I have to redo the video, but, um, so same thing, like if all this stuff is tight and it's pushing me forward, the natural like idea and concept is to constantly push it back. So chin tucks are gonna definitely help. And another like, 
way to think about um, creating next ability or next strength or exercises that require it. So deadlifts is a great one. So people don't really think about that as like, how can I like strengthen my neck without like neck specific exercise? Because that's what people think is like, oh, am I going to put like the head harness and like start doing these things? Like, no. Um, but deadlifts, like if you really think about it, like being in that centrated position and then going through the motion is going to help a lot. Um, the Turkish getup, huge, huge, huge for like neck postural positions and um, keeping that neck stable. Because if you think about lying on your back and coming across the body, like all of this stuff needs to turn on and kind of stay in the position. Because if you do a Turkish getup with a forward head posture, it's not gonna feel good not going to feel good. So your body's naturally going to go into that more neutral position. And so imagine if I had a program for someone with neck pain and it's like I gave them deadlifts and the Turkish getup, like that's going to fix a lot of things. Um, On top of that, if we did our neck cars and the chin retractions, the other one kind of from the DNS world, um, it's kind of like, uh, I think they call it like the prone three month uh, drill. So if I was lying on my chest and belly on the ground and my hands out or out here and I kind of start in this position but I push back again and I can like engage my lats and my um, shoulder blade like stabilizers and hold for a second and then reset push hold and reset like small movements so those are like like the developmental stages of um, all the small little intricate muscles responsible for um your neck uh so now kind of going into more soft tissue musculoskeletal treatment stuff so you can only do so much with exercise right so um if i were to help someone with neck pain specifically go over all those exercises we just talked about the next thing would be some soft tissue work so i would be rolling like crazy um especially on T-spine, lats, um, anything that really connects into the neck. And I'm automatically just thinking about all of the kind of like trap musculature, like rhomboids, um, again, like even rotator cuff. If you think about the motions that we do with our arm, like it all connects into our neck because guaranteed everyone's had this happen to them. Your cell phone falls in between that little area where you were car seat is and like where you buckle your seatbelt it goes underneath and then you like take your right hand and you like try to like find it and then like because you're using your arm in this weird position and then you get that sharp pull through um so guaranteed all this musculature around that arm 100 percent connected to the neck um another thing with exercise i didn't mention so going back to people that can't move through here um spinal extensions on the foam roller will really really help um scapular car so if i was on my hands and knees in kind of like a quadruped position and i was doing scapular push-ups and really focusing on getting those moving and also learning how to do the circles as well is going to help a lot um so now going back to the soft tissue stuff lacrosse ball all along here i would even get the ball into the occipital region so all these muscles that kind of go to the back of the skull against a wall and sometimes it might just be like you pushing your head doing a chin tuck again against the ball just get those like tight points through here 
be super helpful. Now from like a treatment modality, there's a couple things. Um, I use cups a lot in clinic and also for myself. Um, so again, cupping, um, it's gonna be a whole nother podcast, but um, I'm not gonna get into like the science and the research on cupping because it's a whole fucking shitstorm and I've had online debates on this, but at the end of the day, if the goal is to move and feel better and I put a paper towel on your elbow and miraculously you're like, my elbow feels better. Why would I want to take away that, you know, input that's making your elbow feel better if it's not supported by research? Like, come on. Anyway, cups. If you look at the nature of cupping, it lifts that fascial um, shit underneath your uh, skin. And we all know if fascia gets tight and you don't have movement, it kind of gets harder and harder and harder. So now if we lift and add some room between the fascial layers underneath your skin, you'll have a little bit more movement. You're gonna have blood flow to the area. So a lot of times just cupping like through the traps going into the neck about here and then adding movement on top of it is money when it comes to getting a little bit more movement through the neck and kind of subsiding pain. Um, the other thing too is like massage, duh. Any like manual practitioners putting their hands on your traps and neck are gonna help a lot. But a lot of times it's just like, if you think about our lives right now, it's, there's a lot of, um, what's it called? Uh, stress and tension and we're here all the fucking time. So a lot of times it's like, maybe it's not really like a musculoskeletal thing. It's just your nervous system like squeezing the shit out of everything and keeping you there. And maybe all you need is like settle shit down. And a lot of times it's like, let's breathe. Let, and that's another thing too. Like breathing can help with this stuff. A lot of us breathe through our chest and all these accessory muscles in the neck become hyperactive tight whereas maybe we just learn how to breathe through our diaphragm and all this can settle down we do a little soft tissue stuff maybe like put a cup on each side bilaterally and do some scapular cars some neck cars and boom like you got some better movement you're feeling better like who would have thought um the other thing too is like you can go see a physiotherapist get some like ims needling through the traps that can help a lot. Um, chiropractors, they're amazing. If you believe in that thing, again, I've had endless um, arguments with people online, but it's funny, like one person has a bad experience and then just kibosh the whole profession. Like you don't do that with medical doctors. Like, oh, well, I saw one medical doctor and I had a bad experience, so all medical doctors are full of shit. Like, it, it's finding the right person that understands um, what you're going through and what you need in order to feel better. So if you trust chiropractors, awesome. If you don't, go see a physiotherapist, go see a massage therapist, whatever it is, just getting some soft tissue stuff. So the one of the things that I, again, I'm biased, I work with chiropractors, but I've worked with physiotherapists in the past. But the thing that um, an adjustment can do 
is if you have your facet joints in your um, vertebrae that are just like, just jammed. Because think about it, like if your muscles are tight, again, air quotes, it's preventing motion. It's probably getting tight around the joint itself. So imagine if you added space between the joint, now those muscles don't have to stay tight anymore, right? So like having a neck adjustment or a CT adjustment can do wonders for your neck. I know it's super scary to think about someone jamming your neck around, but honestly, like the amount of force that a chiropractor uses is nowhere near the kind of force you would see in a UFC fight when one dude is like literally putting their entire strength to like choke the other guy out and somehow that guy still has a neck attached to his body like at least try it right you have nothing to lose um but those are kind of the thought process that I kind of go into when I'm dealing with neck pain but again like it's changing the stuff that you're doing like the reason why your neck hurts is probably because of um, repetitive nature movement behaviors that you picked up and poor posture so it's like you eliminate those uh, pain triggers then there's no neck pain but the biggest thing is like I have this running joke like when people are dealing with x y and z in the clinic and it's like I don't know what to do I'm like fucking kin stretch like move like people just need to move their body and I can you know arrogantly say that if I took say all the people watching this and listening to this whatever pain that you have right now if I took the time to assess you and create a movement workout like kin stretch designed specifically for you guaranteed in three months your pain from like out of 10 is like say a seven it'll go down to a four without any other like stuff but a lot of people don't take the time to put those um call those uh principles into practice like a lot of people are just um dealing with the painful effects right there and then so if you think about it like i see this in clinic all the time it's like person comes in neck pain like oh my god like it's so bad i can't do it and they just come in for treatment and then after it kind of gets a little bit better and they feel like they can go back to normal life they just stop coming right and people only come to the clinic when they're like in dire need and really what we try to educate people at the clinic is that you should be coming in before shit happens because there's always stuff that we can work on but then you get to a point where it's like treatments like not providing you any kind of benefit and now you just need to move like create a protective mechanism on your joints and body so then you don't have to keep coming right so when i get people doing kin stretch or just any kind of movement modality, exercise, strength training, whatever it is, things start feeling better. But a lot of times people just don't want to put the effort in to make a difference. You know, like I can literally take someone who's in incredible pain, like musculoskeletal pain and give them the best written program for them. And all they have to do is do it. They won't, they won't right? Like literally giving you the secret sauce of like, if you do this thing, these five exercises every day, it'll only take you five minutes. Do it for three months, guaranteed your pain will go down. They won't do it. 
they won't do it. So it becomes this bigger question of like, what do you want? You know, like everything that's worth in this life takes effort. But a lot of people just go down the easier route or they kind of just wallow in, you know, what was me? Like my neck hurts, my shoulder hurts. It's just part of life part. And like, this is the thing. I hate when people are like, oh, I'm just getting old. It's like, no, you're not getting old. You're just becoming inactive. And because you're 40, 50, 60, because you haven't been doing anything at those milestones for like the last 10 years, the last 20 years, the last 30 years, you getting old just means that you haven't done anything with your body in so long and that's why you're in pain. Age doesn't matter, right? Like, you know, I'm still really, really young and, you know, when I get like a tweak here and there, like clients will make fun of me and go, oh, now you're finally getting old and now you know what it feels like. And, you know, I will like, I think the last thing I've injured was my elbow and I think I brought this up. But in two days, gone. Because I have the tools and my knowledge to know how to fix it. I did some cupping. I did some instrument-assisted um, soft tissue mobilization. Did a bunch of elbow cars, wrist cars, shoulder cars. More than usual for it. Two days later, fine. Now imagine if people did stuff like that. Anytime something happens to their joints, muscle, tendon, whatever it is their body's gonna move really, really, really well without any pain for a long time. And, you know, I can't wait on my podcast to bring this episode up again, like 10 years from now, and still be like, you know, I'm this old. I'm never gonna say my age, because I wanna keep that as a secret, and if anyone can figure it out who doesn't know me personally, shoot it, shoot me an email or DM on Instagram. But, um, you know, 10 years from now and be like, I'm still following my advice. Nothing's been hurting me. I've had small aches and pains, took care of it, and that's it. And like every 10 years, I'm going to bring this up over and over and over again to prove my point. Because there's other people in the industry that are older and they move incredibly well. Like if you look at Dr. Andrew Ospina, who's the creator of um, the FRS system, which is the FRC, Kim Stretch, the FR, everything like that. Like the dude's probably like 45, 46 and he moves better than me. Like I look at that guy, I'm like, fuck, like I wanna be like him when I'm his age. Like he moves really, really, really well. And I remember the first time I took my FRC certification three years ago, um, he was teaching it and he was like four weeks post-op from an ACL surgery and he was able to pistol squat. I'm like, fuck. And the only reason why is because of his knowledge of movement, of how why it's so important to move. And he said, like, the moment that he, like, woke up from his surgery, he was already putting the principles into practice. So it's like the information's there. And, like, I could give you guys all of this stuff, but it doesn't fucking matter until you actually put it into practice. So that's my challenge for everyone um, watching and listening is that, if I give you all these exercises, like I post exercise every single week, but I would guarantee that 99% of you actually don't put those things into practice. And I write a lot of good information about the exercise. So probably at 99% of the people who see it won't do anything about it. And then that 1% who will implement it will probably not even read what I'm posting 
and just watch it. You know what I mean? So my challenge for you guys now is every time that I post something that is, you know, pretty good content in my opinion, to do something about it. You know, take the exercise I post tomorrow or a week from now into your workouts. If I say, do this three, like the posts I did a couple weeks ago about the rib rolls, the open books, and the arm sweeps, and I say, said that if you are working out today, do these three. Did you do those three? Probably not. And that having a better T-spine is going to give less work for your neck to, to take up on that. So I'm giving you all the tools and it just matters whether or not you're going to actually follow through. So that's my challenge. Hopefully this episode is helpful on the neck pain. If you have any more specific questions about neck pain, let me know. I'm more than happy to help. Um, there's a lot of different um, ways to go about um, the whole neck thing. There's a lot of stuff connected to it. And I'm more than happy to help anyone who's had neck issues, neck injuries. Maybe it's a brachial plexus thing. Like, let me know. I'm more than happy to help. Um, hit the show notes if you're listening watch the video if you like. I didn't demo a lot, so it's not that big, but I guess you can see my new ring light. Um, again, hit the channel, add me on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Everyone's actually been listening and have been subscribing, so thank you for listening. You guys are awesome. Just as we were talking about, have you actually been watching my stuff and implementing and listening? But you guys do listen, so continue subscribing because I post new videos all the time. Um, Get to the show notes again. I've been on Facebook and Instagram, and also um, five star review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you listen to, so we can produce this show out to the masses so more people can listen. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are amazing. Until next time.